Hello and welcome to Soapbox Chat, the podcast that looks behind the scenes at the Tunbridge Wells Soapbox Stars. Each week, we'll be talking to those involved to find out what goes into making such an incredible event that's now raised over £50,000 for local charities. So buckle up for 2021. The fun is just about to begin. This week, we talk to Min Lam, fundraising manager at Hospice in the Wild. We talk about the work they've been doing during the lockdown and also the amazing 10K Your Way fundraising event that's coming up soon. How has the hospice been? Like you just you sort of alluded to it there, um, been reacting to the current the current crisis. So, in response to the pandemic, Hospice in the Wheels has been treating patients with COVID nineteen. Normally, they wouldn't be considered to be terminally ill and and be referred to the hospice, but we have opened up our services and expanded to treat people with COVID-19. We've kept one of our sites COVID-free and the other one has treated COVID-positive patients. Our counselling and support team has offered free bereavement counselling to everyone in the community bereaved of COVID-19. And the way that our services run has changed in the sense that we've done counseling and support over video and the phone physiotherapy as well has been done over video and the phone and our hospice in the home team has still visited patients in their own home to continue offering this vital hospice care that we do in the community it's amazing it is yeah that's incredible the the the, the bereavement counseling over in a virtual world has that has that worked well? Because that's to me, that seems like a, that would be quite an alien thing, mm. or, and such a difficult, you know, it's obviously such a difficult time for people to be able to have to do mm-hmm. that virtually. Of course, of course, the response has been largely positive. I think to to have no counselling or to have virtual counselling, the the preference would be to have it. So we trialed it out, we tested it, and it seemed to work. So then we got a lot of IT equipment in and then equipped all of our staff and volunteer counsellors to be able to do that. And we actually recruited three new volunteer counsellors recently to start to continue offering the service. It opened up a whole new dimension. Mm -hmm. It might not be the same, of course, as doing it in person, but that support is still there and they still do their sessions, you know, like they would face to face. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great that, you can, that you've been able to adapt to that. Because I must admit, I've been pleasantly surprised how much connection you can still have virtually online. Um, and I guess it's the same, like you say, it's better to have something than nothing. You know, it's a great thing that the hospice do. And I know when I first started learning more about you, um, 
just the fact that you do that aftercare as well for people is vital and it's a free service that you offer for patients, don't you, for their families for six months or so afterwards. It's a long time. It's, it's good that, that that's a service that's provided. Yes, absolutely. When, when we care for somebody, we don't just care for the patient. We care for yeah. the patient and all those important to them. It can be friends, families, neighbours, brothers, sisters, anyone that is important to that patient accesses the hospice care as well it's an yeah. overall package that we offer to to everyone you said you've got you've obviously taken on more people so there's been an increase in need for those for that service yes yes absolutely and more nurses as well in response to the pandemic mm. and we are now actually going into the stage which we are calling embracing recovery as as you know the cases are dropping it's a whole new different strategy at first the strategy was to keep everybody as safe as possible staff volunteers patients everybody and now we're embracing recovery so we're setting out lots of plans to be able to rise from all of this and as part of that as well we are hiring apprentices we know that the job market is tough right now for people. We are hiring at a very competitive rate and for some very exciting opportunities in fundraising, finance, uh, communications. So do keep an eye out on our websites because there's some really interesting roles going out for apprentices. Mm -hmm. And we've had them before. We know how much they bring to the hospice and people have really progressed from that apprenticeship scheme. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Mm. Can you tell us a bit about your role at the hospital? So I'm a fundraising manager mm -hmm. and I work within the fundraising team. If you were to meet the fundraising team, it's, it's great. It's such a vibrant, buzzing atmosphere. We are there to raise money for the hospice. It's very much needed. We, we need to raise seven million a year to offer these services free of charge to everyone in the community and fundraising accounts for about five million of that. Mm -hmm. And we get just over a million in charity shops and just under a million in government funding. So actually our charity shops bring in more than what we receive in government funding. So I'm part of this really dynamic, great fundraising team. And each of us really have our own roles. There's so many different aspects to fundraising. To, there's so many different income streams that come in and specifically me I deal with businesses I work with lots of businesses in the community such as Chatty Hatter we have an incredible relationship with Chatty Hatter amazing <laughs> <laughs> they've been so good to us and it's give and take you know yeah. we like to listen to the business to what they need to what they would like to get out of a partnership mm. um, and we offer as much support as we can and in return, we give them a good experience for supporting the hospice. Well, Nicole, I mean, it's probably a good point to bring you in. How did you first get involved with the hospice? Well, I, I obviously, the hospice has been, I'm Tamage Wells, born and bred, so I've been here all my life. I've never never managed to get away. And, <laughs> and um, so I, I, I've known about the hospice for a long time. And obviously, um, when I started um, up the soapbox race with Gary Jeffrey. Um, his parents had both been treated at the hospice. My father-in-law from my previous marriage had been treated at the hospice and my father very nearly went to the hospice before he passed. And then my best friend who passed was at the hospice. So it was almost like we decided we wanted to support the hospice. And then 
I mean, the thing with the hospice is it touches so many people in our community. It's sad that it does, but it really does. It's a vital, vital thing that we have in our area. And we're very fortunate. And those that don't know about it are really fortunate to not know about it because those that do have been touched in some way, shape or form. And it's just the most beautiful place when you go to certainly the site in Pembury. The thing that really resonated with me when I went and looked at potentially my dad going there was just it's like it just feels light and happy and peaceful and you kind of associate things like that you know sadly with someone reaching the end that it it might be a bit morbid and it just is the most it's just filled with a lot of happiness really wonderful people so it just made sense that we would always support it for the soapbox because it's just crucial that they get this help with funding Um, And we've always had a brilliant experience working with the hospice. Your volunteers are amazing on the day. Everyone gets involved. We work with them all year round. um, And I think now working schools next year, there'll be even more involvement. So, yeah, we're very very proud to consider, you know, that that we'll always always be supporting them through the soapbox, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. It's all right, you know, but they'll always be one of our designated charities, Giles. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that was the long version of how yeah, I yeah. met them. But, <laughs> well, I was going to say, on, on the flip side of that, I mean, what was it like being approached about doing being involved with the soapbox? I mean, obviously, there's never been anything like that in Tunbridge Wells before. No, the soapbox is it's one of a kind, you know, it really, really is. It's everything that you would think it would be, and more. It's such a a great opportunity in so many different ways. One for our relationships with businesses, all these businesses who sponsor the carts, then it gives us an opportunity to reach out to them, to to chat to them about the hospice, to build on that longer term, of course. And then for our supporters, for our volunteers as well, it's just an amazing event. It really is. And it raises big money for the hospice. Uh, Previously, we've had other charities as well, and we are always happy to work with other charities in that way. And the fact that we still benefit so much from it, it's it's crucial. Like Nicole said, this service wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the support of our local community. Mm -hmm. 90p of every pound donated goes directly to patient care. So by, by attending the soapbox race, you are in effect, really contributing towards the services of the hospice. Is is that fact hard to put across sometimes for people, that the fact that so much of the money that's raised goes towards the work you do? I think in this day and age, with so many charities around, people sort of know and often get quite sceptical. If you see mm. an ad on TV, you think, where's my money actually going mm. to? How much are mm. you paying for that advertising slot on a television Mm. so we're just really transparent about it we do say that is where it's going and it's part of our values to ensure best possible use of funds Mm -hmm. and it's always being reviewed to make sure that our patients are the ones who are benefiting from it Mm -hmm. and i think anyone that anyone that um you know does experience the hospice when you see of the 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 full round care package and the facilities you know and you've opened up a new hospital as well it's it's all invested back in which is fantastic and that's one of the reasons why 
we wanted to work with the hospice as well because there are a lot of charities out there and you're right some people can be a bit skeptical um we've had experience with that just with working charities ourselves so it's yeah it's great yeah we never stop with development and we always keep our supporters informed of what's going on with the hospice we we're here to grow and learn and continue meeting unmet needs in the community and implementing new services that would allow for that to happen. How far reaching is the hospice's area? What's the full community? Obviously Tunbridge Wells area, but where else does it? So it goes to West Kent and East Sussex. Oh, okay. It it actually goes down to East Sussex, does it? Because that was, that was one interesting thing that I found that was that, um, that came up with my dad because my dad lived in Robertsbridge but actually but actually he was being treated at Hastings Hospital and um you know one of the things that I experienced with the hospital obviously there's a lot of people needing to go there you know it's not just a question Mm -hmm. of sort of you you sadly say I need to go to hospice and there you go there's there's you know there's a lot of people and my dad um actually three days in a row he was due to go but then something came up that sort of bumped him down the list because he was in Hastings which is totally understandable um, and he 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 chose to he chose to depart an hour after he was due to go to the hospice. So he obviously wanted it on his own terms, bless him. But um, but it was it was an interesting for me as well to understand the process around that as well. You know, because I met a lot of people who don't really understand how it works. Um, you know, hopefully they don't have to understand. But um, yeah, there's a lot to it. So it's also a notional catchment area, which means that if you have any ties to West Kent and East Sussex, even if you're not living around here, then you can absolutely still be referred to the hospice because mm. you've had that connection to to the catchment area. Mm. Which is a really big deal, actually. It's a very big deal because, you know, like I say, it was he was going to come to you and it was great you know great reassurance to know that that was possible um even though he was really far down the other end of east sussex so yeah mm-hmm. roughly how many people do you do you work with over the course of a of a year so we say around 6000 people wow. that's yeah. a lot <laughs> yeah and that's all patients and those important to them uh, so that's everyone, yeah. And with the the new cottage hospice as well, we're aiming to reach even more people through that. I think what the hospice is really is, it's inevitable. Uh, people are going to die. It's going to happen. But we are there to really ensure that they they lead a dignified life mm. until then and have a dignified death. Your quality of life should not go down because you have a terminal illness. Yes. It's, mm. it's horrible, it's difficult. A lot of people say that it's lonely as well to have a terminal illness mm. and the hospice is there to give all of that care and support to help those people celebrate life, mm. make precious memories with each other, with their loved ones and go on a high. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think as a society, we're, we're, particularly in England, we're very um, we're not very good at talking about death. And we're not very really no. good at dealing with with we're, well we're not we're not and, we're and not we're not and, no. and it's it's still very much a taboo subject and I think hospices I've 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 been in hospices before and worked with hospices before and I know that they have a very positive as well and then that sounds just like a yeah. funny thing to say when you're mm-hmm. going through such a, a traumatic po- period of your life 
if you're losing a loved one or you're or you're a person who's going through that end of life care but actually it the the, the feeling like um nicole said earlier that 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 energy and feeling you get when you go into a hospice i think is actually a very it's very beautiful and calming and i think it's actually a very positive it has a very positive impact on on loved ones who are going through obviously a very very difficult time yeah and it's and actually you're so it's so true Giles. and you know what you say there about dig, dignity but also it that that deterioration it's hard enough if you've got a terminal illness or someone suddenly gets sick and you've got all the stress that goes with that and you know my word we sort of all three of us know about that and then you've got, yeah, you want people to still have a good quality of however long they've got left here. I mean, we don't know where we go after this. Do you know what I mean? It's, it could, could just be a waiting room to a far better place, let's hope so. So you, you don't know. Why does it have to sort of be all, you know, doom and gloom? Cur- it is, it's very sad. And it's. I think one of the things for me with the hospice is, it is like you say, it's, it's looking after the people around that patient. Because sometimes... Um, and my father was an example of that. My father was very happy to go. He was very like, he said, I've had a good life. I'm kind of, you know, he was fortunate that he got time to sort of reflect and do that. Not everyone has that granted. But it's the people that are left behind and the people that are seeing someone sick and struggling. It's that support that can be when you don't want to show someone that you're worried about them, but you are. That can that can put up some things. And the hospice is fantastic for bridging those gaps between that you know it's amazing I think absolutely yes I think it's often harder for the family and and people than the actual person who's ill themselves they they sometimes they accept it you know they they accept their situation through through a lot of care that the hospice offers Mm. they see it in a different light but it's important to really treat everyone everyone's in it together everyone goes through it yeah in a different way but they are still living through that terminal illness together yeah. absolutely yeah no, i think you're so right now i want to ask you about your run 10k your way um yes. fundraiser that oh, you're doing I'm so glad you brought that up yeah yeah I like, I tell like us all about it tell, yeah. tell us all about it I'm, uh, yeah i'm i'm a yeah i mean i'm a big runner i did a I did a marathon over lockdown for NHS charities. He did. So, oh, so, how much did you raise, Giles? How much did you raise? About ten thousand pounds. That's absolutely amazing. Um, all on his own. All yeah. on his own. Yeah, it was a. Um, from my front door to my back gate, uh, one thousand and six hundred <laughs> times or something. Anyway, enough about me. I want to hear about your ten k. Your ten k. I love your way. that story, Giles. I love it. That's love incredible. It. That's really, really amazing. So the hospice run, of course, like I said previously, our fundraising has, you know, had to be cancelled, but we are so excited to finally be bringing an event right now. So we're putting all stops behind it. The hospice run will start on the 1st of September. That's the virtual start date, the virtual start line. And supporters will have 40 days to run 10K their way. So, you know, you can go back and forth from your, um, in your garden like Giles did. Or you can run around a park because we're allowed out now. But you can split it between colleagues as well if you don't want to run 10K. Or you can run 10K every day. We're letting people get flexible with it. The, 
the aim is really to bring everybody together and to celebrate these 40 years that the hospice has been providing vital care in the community. So we'd like people to raise £40 minimum and then they can receive a special edition running vest which has been designed especially for this run and our goal is to raise £40,000 to mark 40 years of providing vital care in the community. We just want everyone to sign up. We will be there every single step of the way to provide training videos, to provide fundraising support, to encourage you as well. And we'll be doing it with you too. The You've fundraising. Got, I, I hear you might have a certain warm-up artist that we might know, possibly for some of your runs. I hear possibly. <laughs> There's all sorts of things I'm hearing about this virtual. It sounds very, very exciting. And Chatty has signed up. Um, yeah. And obviously the team that put the soapbox together. I think I did sort of say to Giles about it. He, I'm sure Giles would just support in some way. But um, <laughs> we are definitely splitting it across five colleagues. I've done the 10K for the hospice many moons ago, and I had to drag my legs over the finish line. Like I looked like some sort of pirate. I literally had to pick my leg up <laughs> and drag it like it was a peg leg. It was not good. So you, do you, you generally, you normally do, a, you normally do a 10K event, and this is obviously you're having to adapt yeah. to tap to the the current situation with it. Yes, absolutely. The 10K or the hospice run, we call it mm. the hospice run now because we added a 5K route. Okay, so yeah, we yeah. changed it last year, but it has been the 10K for many, many, many years. Mm. Yeah. And people in the community know and love it. And yes, it's a terrible end to it. People say, <laughs> I haven't run it myself, <laughs> but it's just uphill at the end. And then you get to the top and we give you a medal. There's lots of water. There's bananas for amazing. everyone. It's it a great, atmosphere yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. even come rain or shine people who have done it will know that for the past two years it has been pouring with rain and people still come out still do it still love it it's a great event for everyone but now in the cer- current circumstances we are going virtual with it but that's not a bad thing people no. can can do it their way you know and we are reaching out to more people with it because because it's going for 40 days from the 1st of September to the 10th of October, if it was just a one day event, what if you can't make that day? Exactly, no. Yeah. What if something comes up or what if you're just not free on that day? This, yeah. this time around, you've got 40 days to do it. Um, again, as well, what if you live further out and you can't come to Tunbridge Wells to do it? Mm. You can do it from the comfort of your own home around your own surrounding areas and still be part of this very exciting special event. And are you hoping people are going to? Sorry, Giles. Are you hoping people are going to film themselves doing stuff and yes. send it into you? Is that what I know? We've got a sort of pack about what we've got to do. But is that what are we? Are we all going to have some kind of collage of us yes. in our best and you know some <laughs> excitement over that forty-day period? I hope is going to be documented. Of course, absolutely. Yes, people, please. We'd love everyone to take pictures, to film them, to send them in. Use the hashtag virtual hospice run. Share your pictures. It's going to be all over our communication channels, all over social media. Um, it's going to be a really, really big event. I I heard that the fundraising team is taking part as well. <laughs> so we're doing it as well. We want to be yes. in with it, you know. We're asking people to do it, but let's let's not let's do it ourselves too. Why not? 
Absolutely. You know, take part, film ourselves as well. You know, enjoy it, enjoy it. This is our biggest fundraising event right now of the year. Um, so we want to make it a really big one. We currently have 100 sign-ups. Thank you to everyone who has signed up already. Um, and, of course, thank you to Chatty Hatter who have signed up as a business. And we will be there every step of the way, really. We're going to send you lots of training videos. Like Nicole said, warm-up, cool-down. You know, these are exclusive videos made just for the hospice run by some very reputable people in the area. Tunbridge Wells Personal Training are doing videos. Anna, who's a qualified yoga instructor, and uh, staff at Chatty Hatter is providing mm. bespoke yoga videos for this run. You're not going to get that content elsewhere. No, and that will be, I mean, Anna's pretty awesome in that sense on, you know, she'll, she'll give them a good, she'll get them in the right state of mind for whatever they're going out there to do. Um, so good, you know, good choice, definitely. Yeah. And let's highlight the importance of exercise. We've been cooped up for the past three months at home, asked not to leave the house. It has played a huge impact on people's mental health, physical Definitely. health. It, it's been a struggle, I think, for everyone. Yes, it's for the greater good. Yes, it's to protect people. But some very sad events have come from it. So we are here to really, you know, highlight the, the importance of physical health. Anna, a different Anna, not the Chatty Hatter Anna, but Anna, who's the face of the hospice run for this event, is a patient at Hospice in the Wheels. She accesses physiotherapy every single week. Some, some weeks she doesn't want to come. She doesn't have the energy, but she pushes herself to come. And she says she always leaves with the energy. She leaves feeling uplifted. And it has played a huge part in making her feel better. So that's what we want. Brilliant. I guess this time has been obviously very challenging for you as a fundraiser. You've not been able to go out. You know, I guess part of your job is going out and meeting people and doing that. How, how have you found this sort of new way of working? And do you think there's some practices that you might continue even when we go back to what is, a, I guess, will be a new normal, I guess? Sure. I think the important thing to note is that Hospice in the Wheel has gone quiet over the past three months in terms of reaching out to our supporters and asking for money because we have been very, very, very sensitive to the economic situation. And there is only one reason that we've been able to do that and we haven't had to do emergency appeals like you've seen. Other hospices have had to do it. Other charities have had to do it. But because we're in a position where we haven't, that's why we've respected everybody's financial situations right now. And the only reason we have been in this position is because of our incredible supporters over mm -hmm. the past number of years who have donated so generously to Hospice in the Wheel and have put us in a very, very, very strong position to have these healthy financial reserves. We're proud to say it. We're not going to ask for the money where it wasn't crucial it is mm -hmm. crucial we need it to build to continue building healthy reserves for the future so that we will always be here to deliver this hospice care can you imagine a situation where we hadn't built these reserves and mm -hmm. there's a pandemic mm -hmm. and we can't fundraise and what do we say to our patients we can't just be like sorry we can't offer the mm -hmm. care to you anymore Absolutely. That's, why, that's why it's been so important to to put aside this money for a time where we cannot fundraise and, you know, and, and keep it safe for a situation exactly like this. No one saw it coming. It came. 
and we've adapted really well to it. Fundraising has taken a different stance. It's not been the traditional fundraising that we do do, but we've received so many inquiries and gifts in kind. PPE, as you know, has been a very difficult situation for everyone. We've been reaching out. We've still been in touch with our supporters. Supporters that have called us worried about the situation of the hospice, we've reassured them as well. Fundraising has still been very, very, very present. And actually, we've connected even more with our supporters during this time. You know, mm-hmm. picked up the phone, spoken to them, chatted with them, listened to them. Um, it's been it's been very moving, actually, to, to be a fundraiser right now and listen to our supporters. I think it's, I think as well, when you say sort of, you know, about being proud of the structure that you've put in place, that's, you know, if it's 40 years is a long time. You've been doing this a long time and it's it's great. You do have to look at every eventuality because like you say, if something comes along that rocks the apple cart and suddenly you're in a situation where you can't look after those patients the way they need it. And also on top of that, you've got an extra layer now. Like you say, you've been treating some families from COVID. Now that's a, that's a, that's a criteria you didn't have there six months ago. So yes. you've also, that's why it is important to keep fundraising because um, there's there's even more cases now than there were before that that need your support. So, um, and I think it's great that people can get behind as much as they have done with all of these charities because, like you say, these events like the soapbox and other things are, are crucial as a as a part of that seven million pounds that you need just to keep going each year with what you're doing. Um, and that that is why it's really important that people do get behind you. We'll all be getting behind you. We'll get all the soapboxes listeners, won't we, Giles? We'll get them all oh, behind yeah, on it as well. Um, because, you know, that, that not doing the soapbox this year, obviously, that would have been, there's other things that would have been contributing. So it's great people have actually recognised that and supported you still. I'm really pleased yeah. to hear that. They have. They really, really have. We've had lots of people, even though external events, mass participation events have had to be postponed, cancelled, people have been doing their own fundraising. Yeah. And we'd love to see more of it. Lots of shaved heads, <laughs> lots of virtual <laughs> events. Lots of hearts. You had some hearts. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we had this virtual heart campaign where people were making their own hearts, sticking them in their windows, posting it on social media. People have really turned up. All of our supporters all of our staff and volunteers were so, so proud of them. They've changed their ways where, where, for example, a shop has been closed. The volunteers have come to the hospice and taken on cleaning duties. Um, things have switched around. People have stepped up and really gone out of their way to keep all of this running smoothly. Mm. I love that, though, the fact that people have become more, you know, fundraising is so accessible to anybody. And I, I love that, that where people have got, you know, like Giles with what he's done and so many people that we saw that community spirit that we get out of these events feeding through into mainstream life, which is, you know, it was fantastic, actually. It was really sent that sense of coming together in community. Um, more at the beginning of the pandemic, I'd say, than later on, unfortunately. But there, there was a lot of that rallying um, and people realising that, you know, we, we all make a difference, basically. Every single one of us can make a difference. It's, um, you know, collectively it's bigger, but we, we, we can all do it, can't we? If we do our of bit. Of course, of mm. course, exactly. And yes, I think 
this pandemic and this lockdown has opened up so many different ways of fundraising by going mm. virtual, um, by doing lots of different things. And you do save a lot of costs by going virtual. You reach out to a much bigger audience than you could normally. There's a lot of manual handling costs that you don't have to do. There's, mm. there's lots of positives of doing that, and we are exploring it. This is our first ever virtual hospice run, and we're so excited to be doing it. Mm. Um, and I don't know if we could do a soapbox virtual. Hmm, interesting. I don't think that would, what, I mean. But we can definitely add uh, other elements to it, like live stream it. Live yeah. stream it for people who can't be there on the day and, and engage with them. Definitely. There's so many different outlets that you can use now that we are exploring. So I think, yes, fundraising has taken a different turn. And yeah. why go back to old ways if you found new ways as well that work well? Absolutely. I, I agree with that a million percent. That's so important, isn't it? That we don't just all think, oh, well, we better go back to how it was before. It's like, oh. well, learn from what Le you've been Exactly. Through. Learn it's and what, evolve and grow. It's, yeah, exactly. It's what you learn from an experience and how you handle it and how you manage it um, that's important. So you've obviously got the 10K. Anything, what else is coming up for, you, for the hospice? Right now, we are really, really, really focusing on the 10K. We are organizing a Starlight Stroll later in October, but that we're not putting out too many communications on that yet because really our focus now is to do this event. Yeah, sure. It's, it's, gone, it's gone quiet, and we just want to put all resources behind this event. But as part of Embracing Recovery, we were hiring apprentices, our shops are opening. Finally, our shops can open again. Mm -hmm. And people have, you know, clearly been doing lots of clean out during lockdown and they are yeah. donating. We've set up a donation station at Pembury. That is a new thing, actually. People can drive through, drop off their donations and drive back out. Okay, fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's manned seven days a week. Brilliant. So please do come through. Where yeah. is that in Pembury? Whereabouts? In the car so... park. In is the, it? In the wheel car park. Oh, amazing. So yeah. you can, that's yeah. really good to know, actually, because I have noticed a few sites have just been, it's like piles <laughs> of donations out the front. I feel incredibly sorry for the people that come in in the morning and have to sort through all of that. But Absolutely, uh, that's yeah. good to know. That's good to know. So there's, there's a lot of things that we're doing to embrace this recovery and sort of come out better on the other side. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, can you tell us how we can, how people can sign up for the 10K? Please, yes, of course. Yeah. Visit our website yeah. and just have a look, read read all about it. And there's a form on the website. Mm -hmm. Or you can call the fundraising team on 01892-820-533 and we can do it over the phone for you. Uh, yeah, just visit our website. It's All the information on is on there. It's so simple. Just a click, you will sign up pledge to raise £40 and then you'll receive all of your fundraising materials, all of your guides, inspirations, videos, and of course, you'll receive your vest that you can wear proudly and run with it for the hospice run. Fantastic. And Amazing. can people find you on social media as well? Yes, we are on social media. Hospice in the Wheels has lots of followers on Facebook, just at Hospice in the Wheels. Um, we've got over 10,000 followers. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn. Um, so please do give message us. We are so reachable. We will reply and we've got a quick turnaround for replying. If there's any questions, honestly, get in touch with the fundraising team. We love to hear from you. We love talking to our supporters. 
I think you need to do another marathon, Giles. I think, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. bubbly. It's bubbly. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Ah, My legs are still yeah. recovering. The time is now. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get you doing a little, we'll get you doing your own marathon around the soapbox next year, Giles. Yeah, <laughs> you can be interviewing everyone running constantly around the soapbox. So, um, but we, yeah, we will, we will, we will definitely be doing it. So we will, we will be sharing and obviously, we will chat to the soapbox uh, businesses and people that were going to, because we, we had over nearly, well, we were nearly subscribed for this year's race. So we will mm. talk to those guys and see if they can join the um, the race for September as well. Please do. It's really, really going to be big. Take part of it. You, you get what you put into it, you know. The more you take part, take pictures, share yeah. it. You know, people will like it. You'll feel part of a community, and that's exactly what we want to create. So yeah. please do get involved. It's for an incredible cause. You are helping people at a very difficult time in their lives. Um, it's only, it's win, 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 win. It's all win. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. Well, yeah, it's been fantastic to talk to you. Do incredible work there down at the hospice in the world. And um, yeah, it's a real pleasure to talk to you and hear about everything that's going on down there. So thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, John. To find out more or to get involved in the Tunbridge Wells Soapbox Race 2021, please contact Chatty Hatter by email. The address is hello at chattyhatter.com.